0: Today is the 22nd of May, 2022, and we set our minds on our kamatana, our meditation object. This word kamatana, which means the basis of our work, which is important for monastics, and the five kamatanas that one is taught as a monastic when one ordains. There's the kesa, loma, naka, danta, tacho, the hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth and skin. And this is the anuloma. And then the patiloma or reverse direction, it's repeated as tacho, tanta, naka, loma, gesa, skin, teeth, nails, hair of the body, hair of the head. And when the sangha ordains, whether as a novice or a bhikkhu, the preceptor, the upajaya, gives this these five kamatanas in the beginning to all the ordination aspirants to train and practice with because it's the nature of the mind to get lost in four different ways. The ways that the mind get lost are to think of the body, material form, as something beautiful, to think of the body as a source of pleasure, to think of it as something permanent, and to think of it as self. These are four types of misapprehension. So therefore we practice and train our minds with the in and out breathing, with bhutto, to bring our minds to peace and collectedness. Then once the mind is collected in samadhi, we contemplate the body to see it as something not beautiful, to see it as not beautiful. And then clear understanding can arise, and this can reduce delusion in the heart. And when this delusion gets reduced in this way, the mind gets even more samadhi, more rapture and fullness of heart, clear understanding arises. And then we see that that which is beautiful is to be found within the not-beautiful. We see that this covering of a ghost or a corpse is just a pile of bones. The body is just a pile of bones. It's really not something worth looking at. You can also see the body as a bag filled with organs large and small, the lungs, the stomach, the large and small intestines, new food, old food, the gallbladder, the heart, the bones, and so on. We also see that the body is a bag filled with liquids like blood and pus and phlegm and urine and so on. And so we see in this body that Having not cont- if we don't contemplate the body, then we think that it's beautiful. We think that these five meditation objects of hair of the body, hair of the head, nails, teeth and skin, we think that they're beautiful. But we can ask, well, who said that it's beautiful? Who taught us to feel that it's beautiful? It's just that we're used to feeling that way. That we've been trained for a long time by delusion to think in this way and therefore liking arises, wanting arises. This leads to birth and becoming. And for ourselves, we've been born as humans, so this is something good. It means that we have a lot of merit, because if we're born lower than a human, then we're lost even to a greater degree. And in the births, becoming states lower than human, we have no time to contemplate to reduce the sense of self. So we train and practice to contemplate, to watch the in-and-out breath, to gather the mind in samadhi, to make the mind still. And we contemplate that these five body parts, hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth and skin, are they really beautiful or not? If we don't clean the body, then how do we feel? we see that this these bacteria start to eat the body more and more, and that the skin is the food of the bacteria. And if we just don't take care of the body at all, then diseases arise. If we don't clean it at all, diseases of the skin arise. So we contemplate the skin both inside and out we contemplate what's inside the skin, we see that it's full of blood. Whenever there's a hole in the skin, then the blood exits out of that hole. Whether the arms or the legs or the head, it's all filled with blood, it's all red. And if we remove the outer covering of skin, then we experience the smell of the blood and we feel that it's something unattractive and unclean. We feel that our bodies are something unclean and uh, dirty, just like this. And if we contemplate more deeply, we contemplate the level of death. The body, having died, becomes bloated, turns yellow and green, and starts to degrade and disintegrate. All the organs, large and small, start to fall apart, and... Small and large animals eat the body as its food. Then over the course of a longer time, the water element dries out. There's just dried blood left on the bones. Then the bones themselves break apart and scatter. And for the bones to disintegrate, it's a bit more difficult. But after a longer period of time, then they do disintegrate. The bones turn to fertilizer and become powder. So we see that in truth, it's really something not beautiful. So when we sit and contemplate and we have time to formally practice, we might think in this way, but when the eye sees a form, then it's lost already because the energy and strength of mindfulness in samadhi is not stable, and so wisdom doesn't arise. This is the kilesas, the defilements, doing their duty to teach the mind that the body is beautiful. So we have to fight with this and take care with this. That the path factors and the kilesas are fighting in this way. And when the strength of the kilesas are greater than the path, then the kilesas win. And if the path is stronger than the kilesas, then the path wins. So they're always fighting in the heart like this. So this is a fight we have to win over the delusion in the mind. We have to be able to do this. So we have effort to train in this. And this, what we're listening to, is a Dhamma talk. But when it comes down to it, we have to actually put it into practice ourselves. We have to do it ourselves to train and practice ourselves. To see what is it in this body that's actually beautiful Why is it when we remove things from the body That we throw them all away We don't want them anymore And when things are inside the body Then we think the body is beautiful But really why is it beautiful? This is worth thinking about Because there's the habitual tendency to get lost in this Lost in these four misapprehensions. So we have to cultivate samadhi and mindfulness to give rise to wisdom that it's not beautiful. And with this, we have this great dispassion, desire to escape our predicament, the sangwega arise in the heart. The heart is bright and luminous. This is seeing the truth, seeing the Dhamma. And practicing like this is the shamatha tranquility practice the body and mind feel light, we see clearly. We see that it's something that degrades and passes away. And we understand that it's impermanent, suffering and not self. And this training and practicing in this way is parami, spiritual virtue. In this life, one may not realize the paths and fruits of Nibbana But we train our minds in this meditation object, this meditation practice. And we can think of Venerable Yasa, the great Arahant, who trained and practiced in previous lives before his last life, been training and giving and sacrificing since his past lives. And in a past life, he burnt the corpses of those who didn't have any relatives to perform cremations on their bodies. And so Venerable Yasa burned these corpses that didn't have anyone else to care for them. And there was one corpse that was particularly bloated and had a lot of oil, a lot of fat in that corpse. And so it wasn't difficult to burn because of all the fat. And this uh, yellow pus was exiting the body as it was burning. And Venerable Yasa contemplated this as his meditation object, and he was able to enter the first jhana, the first level of deep absorption. And so this was a past cause that he laid down since a past life. And we see that Venerable Yasa did a lot of parami, both as a human and a deva. And so in his last life, his parami was full. He had a large retinue in that last lifetime, that he really liked, he had a lot of liking for. They had a lot of fun together, had a lot of sensual enjoyment that they were lost in. Because Venerable Yasa was the son of a very wealthy man. He lived in Varanasi in India at the time of the Buddha. And he had this desire to want to go practice the present fruits of Nibbana. This was his Parami ripening because he saw his large retinue all asleep around him, and he felt like he was in a cremation ground, like he was surrounded by fresh corpses, as if his retinue were all people that had died already. So he saw this, and this is the strength and energy in his mind arising, the experience of dhamma arising. He saw it all as something not beautiful. and. Through this, he felt weary, he felt he no longer had liking and enjoyment for this. Because he was someone from a very wealthy family, he had everything that he wanted, great material wealth. And then he saw that everything that he liked, everything that he used to enjoy, he didn't like anymore. So he thought to himself, well where can I go that I can find happiness and pleasure now? where can I find happiness? Because all this happiness that I've been able to get thus far, it's, he saw it as not beautiful. So he thought, well, where can I get happiness now? So he felt really agitated and disturbed in his heart. He wanted to seek a way out. So he went to walk out of his house. He went to the Isipana Malukara Tayawan forest. And so he was walking and feeling this feeling of unhappiness, feeling troubled and disturbed in his heart. He was really looking for a way to find happiness because he felt that he couldn't find it in the way he was used to. And he encountered the Buddha in that forest and the Buddha called to him that this is a place that isn't troubled, this is a place that isn't disturbed. Then the Buddha gave Dhamma teaching to Venerable Yasa, and Venerable Yasa's mind gathered together, and he realized stream entry, the first stage of enlightenment. Because seeing the body is not beautiful, this was insight knowledge arising for him already, because he had built a lot of parami already. He was a great disciple of the Buddha. So he had this spiritual virtue, this knowledge, And the Buddha taught him a second teaching, and in this teaching he realized arahantship to the highest level of pati sampi tayan arahant. And so when we study the biography of an we contemplate like this, and we are intent to build our own parami, to contemplate the body in this way. To see that inside our bodies, what is there, and also the bodies of others, the bodies of other beings, they are the same nature. So whether contemplating the body on the inside or the outside, the body of oneself or others, it's all not beautiful. And so we gradually observe this bit by bit. And we see in terms of cloth as well, the clothing that we wear. For the monk's robes, we wash them every 7 or 15 days. And in the beginning, the cloth is not dirty. The cloth is clean. But when the cloth touches the body, it becomes unclean and dirty right there. So we see that the body is the source of this dirtiness and uncleanliness. The body is very dirty and unclean. It's something that's constantly rotting, constantly uh, degrading. So we see that the body rots continuously. It's something that's something that's gone bad, something that's rotten that needs cleaning. And so we have to clean a lot, to constantly uh, throw things away, to clean. And this is something that we that is good to do. This cleaning of the body washing the skin, washing the hair, brushing the teeth, cleaning our clothing, and so on. And this helps us to be able to live. Because if we don't do this, then we're not able to live together. So we contemplate like this, and this is the building of our own parami. And one day we'll be able to see clearly for ourselves. In the beginning we listen, contemplate the body inside and out. When I listened to Pu Cha give this teaching, he was teaching about taking off the skin of the body and then seeing that it's all red. And we see that Pu Cha, he knew this for himself already. He was a knowing one, a joyful one, an awakened one, a Salaka Buddha, an awakened disciple. So we listen to this ourselves and we try to do it. We try to contemplate for ourselves To see for ourselves To see that the body is full of blood and pus Full of urine and phlegm It's a heap of flesh and bones uh, And afflicted by worms and filled with bacteria And so when the body And we see the body degrades And we see it's not beautiful at all and when we see clearly like this, this is able to destroy the delusion in the heart. We see it degrade, and we see it's all impermanent suffering and not-self. This is vipassana, clear seeing. So we see in this way that samatha and vipassana, tranquility and insight practice, they go together, hand in hand. So may you have effort, may you have perseverance and diligence in this, to contemplate this every day in order to reduce the delusion in the heart, to reduce the four misapprehensions to something that we were able to do, to reduce the sense of being lost and seeing the body as beautiful, as a source of pleasure, something permanent as a self. So may you do this. May you have perseverance and effort. May you contemplate. This is the way to see the Dhamma. So may you all set your hearts on this.